Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Royce, and we're a bi-monthly podcast, and if you like what you hear, you can also find us on Twitter at LCS Podcast. We're on TikTok at Lie, Cheat, Steal Podcast. We're also on YouTube at Lie, Cheat, and Steal on YouTube. Look it up. It's just us, Lie, Cheat, Steal <laughs> Podcast. Uh, yeah, we have, we have full video episodes with uh, cool little pictures and stuff. You can check them out there. And if you like what you see, like I said, uh, give us a five-star review or a rating wherever you listen to this. And if you really like it, you can also subscribe to our Patreon where we release two more episodes every month. We just recorded one about Hassan Minaj's joke, a scandal. That should be pretty fun, so you're going to want to check that out. That's at patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. That being said, as always, I am here with my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Kath, how you doing? Hi, Pat. Um, I'm good. I do uh, want to remind both you and the listeners that this is coming out a month in the future. So we will uh, have yeah. several <laughs> uh, Patreon episodes, including yeah. one from last month about his yes. homage, where uh, we're sort of stacking some uh, some episodes yeah. uh, at the moment. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm drinking uh, a little a little aperitif. I have my Ooh, fancy Black currant cassis. I gave you. Remember when you visited? I made you yes. that bourbon drink with that stuff. Oh yeah, it was so yeah. fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just drinking some uh, on the rocks, a little water. It's very tasty. Oh hell yeah, yeah. I uh, I went through two of my signature mango chiladas. Which I gotta stop these, man. But I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing a job where like I I burn like I burn uh, like it's it's I burn like 800 calories a shift. So I'm just yeah. like I got I got some room for a few of these guys. Totally, I hear you. <laughs> Man, speaking of, I just want to, if, if anybody, I, I know nobody like looks at me and is like, I should get workout advice from her, but I have some <laughs> workout advice. I recently, I've been, I've been weightlifting pretty consistently for the last like five or six months now. And uh, I just went to split days. So I used to do full, I used to do full body every time I worked out. And yeah. now I do uh, an upper body. I do like upper body days and, and leg days. And uh just do that. Don't do full body. It's so much better. I can lift so much more. It's crazy. Like, yeah, I thought, I thought I was like getting more of a workout doing full body because you get more tired, but it's like fake tired. It's like not, yeah. it's not better. It's just do, do the one or the other. I'm like, I'm, I was like plateauing and I'm already like making so many gains. Cause I just like, am doing it differently. So yeah, if you're thinking oh, about yeah. You're thinking about doing splits, do splits. I got a, a PR on a, on a squat and a deadlift today. So doing good. Fuck doing yeah, good. yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was on PR is a personal record? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... I uh, I'm not going to say what it is because it sucks. I'm still like really weak, but, but it was the best I've ever done. So I feel good about yeah. it. Yeah. My new apartment complex doesn't have a gym like the last one did. And so I'm working out like traditionally less. I'm still doing like floor stuff and doing like push-ups. But like... Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm like I'm back in a line of work where like I just like I just work out all day. Like, right. Yeah. You don't need to you don't need to set yeah. aside time. I sit at a desk all day. So like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, man, like I yeah, I'll tell you, there's like uh that's the only way if I look back in my life, I've had like good workout spurts, but the most consistent that I've ever done is just like when I have like a job where I have to work to actually do stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah, it, it's uh it's it's a level I can't replicate on my own. Like there's no way I can like get what I'm getting out of just regular trips to the gym. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying I personally can't do it. No, like, totally. I, I mean, and that's I, I like, just give up and quit. That's, I mean, that's why like getting in enough physical activity is impossible for most people in this country because we all have to work too much. Like, yeah. 
it's unreasonable to expect like of course everyone's overweight it's like impossible not to be because we have to fucking work and like (laughs) we're exhausted when we're not at work so why are we gonna like you know prep a bunch of food or go to the gym uh i'm fucking tired i'm not gonna do that the only time the time i've been in the best shape of my life it was when i was um i didn't have a day job that was like the only way that i could do it i like I will never be in that good of shape again unless I like win the lottery. So like, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. But split days, man. They're yeah, working split out. Days. Get them, split them up. <laughs> anyway, uh I, I you know, I can't think of a segue. Uh I'm I'm let me think. Let me think here. Um I okay. Uh so I said I sit at a desk all day. Um I work in a in a writing department. The the uh, protagonist of our story is a writer. How about that? Okay. I like that. <laughs> I was going something along the lines of like, some say your body is a canvas. <laughs> let me Ooh, tell you, there what, you go. Yeah. Let me tell you about a real canvas. <laughs> or, That's right. Or, I guess in our case, I don't know much details about, details about the story. I would say a not so real canvas. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Pat is hinted at it. I'm doing another art story today, ladies and gentlemen. We are getting, we're getting real artsy fartsy over here these days, guys. I've I just like been it. on this a streak. Is, I've been on a yeah. streak. By the way, I feel like I say ladies and gentlemen as like a tick. I feel like I've been doing it my whole time in comedy, even though I like I want to say something less gender binary-ish, but I always say ladies and gentlemen. So I yeah. apologize, guys, gals, and non-binary pals yeah. uh, that I keep calling <laughs> Ooh, you ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that a good one? I, I don't know I who like made that, that up, guys, but I do, gals, I do like that one. <laughs> I, uh, I, there's one, the, a podcast I listen to on occasion, like when I, when I had to like uh, go to sleep, it's called Sleep With Me. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's this guy who's voice like this and he talks like this named Scooter. He just tells bedtime stories and you go right to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh but his opener goes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that one. I try at least when I'm doing like um uh like a political show like a benefit show or like something like that. I try to not do ladies and gentlemen. No one's ever like gotten mad or anything, but it's yeah. just like it's just like a tick I picked up in 2010. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and now yeah. it's like, <laughs> so anyway. I, I mean, I, I've never been, I, I, I have, I have fucked up and misgendered people left, right, and center. Uh, as, as a lot of people do, it's a mistake you make. I have never encountered this like militant, like this budget in most no, times. Yeah, it's a person has been super cool or they didn't say anything to me. And I put the math together later. It was like, shit. And then <laughs> like, you feel bad. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Then you like, feel bad. So I think like, it's like, 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 I, I mean, I, I feel like it's mostly if if they correct you and then you keep doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, being a dick. Nobody cares out the gate. People don't care. But anyway, I that was a diversion. But I just said, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I was like, I should address this anyway. Yeah. Um. Uh. Today we're going to be talking about this guy Paul Jordan Smith, uh, who is maybe better known to uh people in the art world as Pavel Jordanovich. So. That is, oh, is, it, is that the seed of the lie there? <laughs> it's this is this is a fun one. It's sort of a classic. Um, it's a classic sort of uh, let's make the art snobs look silly kind of. Okay, kinda deal. all right. That's what's. Oh, it'd be funny today. if you're like this guy is Paul Jordan Smith, better known in the art world as Banksy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the fun one about this is that like. Um, this guy really did not put very much into keeping up the fiction. It's not like he he was not secretive about it. He was just pissed off. And so he did this and it kind of worked. And it's yeah, yeah. kind of amazing. So um, 
Paul Jordan Smith, he was born in 1885. He died in 1971. Um, he uh, was a writer. He was a Unitarian Universalist. He uh, did uh, a whole bunch of stuff. He was kind of an intellectual guy. Um, he lived most of his life in Los Angeles, and his academic specialty was the 17th century texts and teaching teachings of Oxford University scholar Robert Robert Burton. So, um, by the way, this story comes to us from Artsy. This is from a 2018 article from Artsy. So this guy's a Robert Burton specialist, you know, like pretty obscure uh, academic type guy. Um, yeah, but I have a career like where you just really know the ins and outs of a guy that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> That's academia is weird that way. You can like, depending on the weird guy you specialize in, you can make a lot of money. If like rich people are also into that weird guy, it's pretty. Yeah pretty wild the i was like it's pretty dense academic history podcasts and they'll mm. bring guests on and uh and like one of the guys well uh, he's 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 a little more like um popular uh history dude but he's uh he specializes as patrick uh patrick wyman from tides mm-hmm. of history mm-hmm. and uh i just remember being like you know there's this many texts that were written during the renaissance and i i i remember during the during the, Ro- the the roman empire we had this many surviving texts like 1300s 1300 different like samples he's like and if you if you study what i study you read all of them mm-hmm. and it's just like so you can't he's like you can't bring up anything from this fucking time period that i haven't read about already and i was like it's so right. like interesting and there's like this specificity it's pretty cool yeah i mean if you love going to school you can do it yeah. forever <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's what this guy did. Um, and he he had a real chip on his shoulder, this guy. He was uh, he was pissed off. So his first sort of, uh, you know, he was studying this guy from the 17th century. He was not a huge fan of kind of the modern world that he was living in. And he really was pissed off about modern art, which uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about the kind of art that he was pissed off at. But uh, he first sort of got, got the grudge uh in 1913 he went to the international exhibition of modern art uh which was exhibiting at the art institute of chicago and he wrote quote up until that time i had striven to march with my generation in accepting modern trends day after day i went to see and to hear contradictory explanations of what was called modern art and finally i became disgusted for most of the young young critics were saying in effect quote Great masters in the past were misunderstood, and so we must accept and try to see whether they please us or not. Pleasure is not the point. So he's just like, why are you making this so confusing? Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so he he's like, pilled. he's looking to art for meaning, and what he is finding is, quote, twisted, tormented abstractions by artists like Pablo Picasso and Mar- Marcel Duchamp. Uh for many art traditionalists, these artists were uh, like undignified, like they're polluting this like pure, beautiful thing that is yeah. art. Um, they even didn't like people like Edward Hopper, who I don't, he he did Nighthawks, you know, like. Uh, the, oh, is it the, were the ducks at the diner? The people at the diner. He did that one sort of yeah, like the yeah, big. Yeah. Uh, I I really like his paintings, but you know um, I think the duck at the diner is like a dogs playing poker version of. Yeah, I have not seen one with ducks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, if you're wondering if there's if there's gonna be a blank canvas in this episode, that's me. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you a lot. I think if uh, if you think Edward Hopper is ducks, um, so I mean you know 
this is this is hard for me to to know what other people know though because my mom is an art teacher so like i yeah. know i know a lot that i think i assume other people know and then i'm like oh no you only know that because your mom teaches art um yeah yeah i, I know picasso i'm like assuming that. right oh yeah 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 no, do you know guy. duchamp uh i've heard duchamp before but i'm looking him up right now and, duchamp uh, is mostly famous the most famous duchamp is the um the urinal he's the guy who did the urinal Oh, I'm seeing it right here. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 He, he signed a urinal and put it in a museum and people are like, you can't do that. And like, <laughs> yeah. got really mad. Um, I just put Nighthawks in the, uh, in the chat, by the way, for okay. Edward Hopper. So like they did, he didn't like yeah. Paul Jordan Smith no did not. <laughs> <laughs> There's one of them with a duck, man. I'm telling you, somebody back me up on this. <laughs> so Paul Jordan Smith, he didn't like the surrealists. He didn't like the Dadaists. He didn't like the urinal. But he didn't even like Edward Hopper, who was like kind of a more realistic painter, because uh, Edward Hopper would sort of show the loneliness and discontent of uh, the modern era. He didn't like that. He was like, art's supposed yeah. to be beautiful and nice and make you feel good. Um, yeah, so, there, there's a place for that. There's there's a place for that kind of art. But it's like, you know, you, you, need, a little, you need a little meat with the taters you know what I'm saying? <laughs> i just think of that uh that 30 rock quote where alec baldwin is like we already know what art is it's pictures of horses <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so good um but yeah so this this show this um international exhibition of modern art it was like a landmark show um it was really important and uh Artsy says the show reflected the zeitgeist of an era plagued by the anxiety of a rapidly modernizing world on the brink of World War One. Uh, but Jordan Smith perceived, quote, nothing but confusion and ugliness, a bear of either reality or romance. So he was like, this sucks. I, I don't this doesn't reflect the world. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about Dadaism, which is kind of the movement that he hates the most, um, because. His response to it is like sort of the point of it. And yeah. so it's interesting that he hates it so much because it's like, this is always the thing when people get mad about the urinal because people are still getting mad about the urinal. People have, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> literally been a hundred years and people are getting yeah. mad about the urinal still. <laughs> um, so Dadaism sort of, uh, it it sort of coalesces after World War One, but it's the same, it's like, its roots are in this sort of modern art show. And then Dadaism takes it to the most extreme degree with the, with the urinals and stuff like that. So it's, it starts in Europe after world war one, which was one of the most, I mean, you know, history world war one is like yeah. one of the most horrific, like yeah, things yeah, that has was, ever happened. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was when we entered the modern age and we did it like with, like our first introduction to mo the modern age was warfare, weapons of war. And right. what, you know, this, this, this complete, bleak trench warfare turning point fighting old style wars with new style weaponry and just people get mowed down it was uh yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll say it it was bad it was bad i'll be the one was, i'll be the one it was bad and it was bad in the countries where dadaism developed like it it yeah. fucked france up like this yeah. was dark and this was mostly developed in like france and and uh a little bit switzerland a little bit italy yeah the the people who are coming up with this stuff it's because their entire like sense of what the world is has been like destroyed you know what i mean and so yeah. they're like we can't make meaning in anything we can't develop we can't derive meaning from any of these like great works because like we have basically suffered an apocalypse you know what i mean yeah so their thing is to sort of reject 
meaning altogether and reason altogether. And they were like, they were super anti-capitalist. They were really like radically left. Um, and they would sort of, their whole thing was sort of just jumbling different things together. So they would do a lot of um, like weird sound poetry and like cut up different words and from like a book and then just sort of jumble them all up. Like they were really into sort of divorcing symbols from what those symbols traditionally meant. And this was designed to shake people up. This was designed to like get people kind of pissed off because they're like, yeah. but what does it mean? And they're like, what does fucking anything mean, man? Yeah, yeah. World War One <laughs> happened. What yeah, do you want? Yeah. You know? Also, yeah, like like also the, the art, I guess you'd say like of like the classical age, it was like I am saying empire driven, but it was like usually used to prop up the strength of an empire. It was like, yeah, look at these great works of art that we have, look at these great masters. Uh, of, of sculpture and painting that we have and it's like yeah well that whole fucking thought process got us here you know what right. I'm and, and, and like now yeah yeah like like may, maybe that wasn't all it was fucking cracked up to be or maybe that is the 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 apex of human expression right and i mean think about like most of the quote-unquote great works they were they were made by commission for wealthy people it was yeah. depictions of of the elite and so these people are like well we hate them so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so uh, like it it's sort of like the point of the urinal is that like the all of this is meaningless and uh you know the context of a museum does not make something inherently valuable you know what i mean yeah. like that's kind of the the vibe but yeah so dadaism the term dadaism is just like there's debates about where it came from but it's basically like it doesn't mean anything that doesn't, yeah, doesn't, doesn't mean no, anything. No meaning. Uh, there was a, a great Frazier bit where he was talking about his son Freddie, and he goes, uh, his first words was uh, was uh, uh, Dada in reference to the uh, early 20th century European <laughs> art movement. And it's just, yeah, just the, uh, a joke that only he can pull off is Fraser Crane, like, <laughs> or it could have been calling you daddy. He's like, oh, perhaps, yes, that too. <laughs> Classic. I the And Paul Jordan Smith is like pissed off at Frazier. Like that. Because that's the thing is like, it's so funny that modern art, I feel like modern art gets the reputation of being enjoyed by the Frasers of the world, the snobs, the elites, the people who yeah. the original Dadaists were like, well, we don't like them. Like, fuck yeah, them. Yeah, you know? yeah. So everything, everything gets co-opted, man. Everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But Paul Jordan Smith, he was like, I don't fucking like this. We know what art is. It's pictures of horses. He is, he is yeah, not yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. It is statues um, with no arms. Okay, <laughs> that, that yeah. is art. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, in 1924, so like after this sort of shift in art has occurred, uh, Jordan Smith is married to a painter at this point. Um, and she does nice landscapes. She just does yeah, yeah. pretty realistic landscapes. You know, that's that she does portraits. <laughs> she does landscapes. And uh, the best she can just with him breathing over her fucking shoulder, <laughs> right? <laughs> just, yeah, there's a shepherd, there's a field, it's a farmhouse, you know, <laughs> exactly. So she uh gets some of her paintings exhibited at a local art show, and the critics say that they're outdated, you know, they're like, this is this is some old school, you know, stuff, some stodgy stuff. Ooh. And uh, Paul Jordan Smith is not happy about this. 
He has had <laughs> enough. He has had enough. He is sick of the art world. Uh, so he decides to He's get like, back at them. New type of wife. New type of wife guy just drops. Like guy, absolutely who defends his wife's classical art. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he goes above and beyond as a wife guy because what he does is he paints his first ever painting, which is quote a crude exaggeration of a savage woman in the modernist style holding up a starfish that better resembled a half-peeled banana. To help along the modernity of the creation, I drew the woman a hut, which appeared to be toppling over on one side. I made her eyes a ghastly Gauguin-esque white and let one great breast exceed the other inside. Finally, he slapped on an arbitrary title. Yes, we have no bananas. And uh, I, am, I am about to show you this masterpiece uh, that he made. I'm going to put that in the chat for you. Uh, right. I don't know if there's a color version of this somewhere. I could only find like a sepia version, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, this looks like as this is fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> also, it looks like you would see this like in like like a sixth grade art class on the mm -hmm. wall, kind of like a with a bunch of other paintings. Yeah, yeah. I see this. Yes, we have no bananas. Um, yeah. Hey, it, the banana kind of looks like it, a swastika. Banana looks like a swastika though. It, so I think it looks prescient. like um, I think it looks sort of like it has a butthole, like it's like a banana peel, and then the, oh. in the middle of the peel is like a butthole. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's a butthole. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, man, and she's and she's got a little wreath of crown, and then uh, she yeah. like, that little strip light in the back was like a skull. But that means something. Yeah. So <laughs> to me, this looks like if you know if you know Gauguin, like he's the guy he painted a lot of uh, pictures of Tahiti, like nudes in Tahiti with like big uh, solid blocks of color. This looks kind of like a shitty ripoff of Gauguin to me. And uh, okay, yeah. So guy's uh, first painting. Yeah, I know it's yeah. not bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, it's bad, but it's like. It's his first painting ever. It's like kind of not bad. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> after he makes this painting, he uh, submits it to um, various like uh, exhibitions and, you know, contests and stuff. But he does so under the name Pavel Jordanovich, which is just the Russian version of Paul Jordan. That's who he says yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have Guinea Merminsky on Delocated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he also claims to, with this painting, have founded the Disumbrationist School of Art. Um, so this is sort of a joke because uh, the movement takes its name from the word umbrage, which means shade or shadows, and dis because he can't draw them. <laughs> That's why he named it <laughs> Disumbrationism. <laughs> and you know, he presents himself like uh, a serious Russian artist who founded this like yeah. sort of neo-primitive school of, of art. And uh, <laughs> it it goes well, like a critic reaches out to him and like wants to interview him and tells him this painting. So he renames the painting Exaltation and the critics <laughs> love it. They're like, this painting is awesome. Yeah. Tell us about Exaltation. Tell us about disembracianism. I want to hear about your vision. So he goes with it and he invents a whole backstory. He said he was born in Moscow and immigrated to Chicago at 10 years old before contracting TB and moving to uh, the South Pacific and then finally settling in Southern California. So 
you know, childhood trauma, illness. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, with Gauguin, like Gauguin went to Tahiti. He was like, I went to Tahiti too. And Samoa and Hawaii. And, um, <laughs> and here is my crude character of what I think those people look like. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, he submitted these like very brooding pictures of himself, um, which I'll send you now. They're very dark, which I think part of it is just like age and photocopying. But I think also they were sort of meant to be very moody looking, yeah. you know? So those are his serious uh, artist portraits, you know. Okay, um, are those portraits or headshots? Oh, those are portraits. Okay, I see that one now. I think they're. I think they're for... photographs. I think they are photographs. Oh, okay. If you ask a imagine asking a comic for a picture of for a headshot for a flyer, and they send you something with this resolution. Like, yeah, it's like fuck, very man? dark. <laughs> but I think he maybe didn't want to be recognized because, like, he was an academic at this point, you know. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this is another example. I feel like this has come up in a lot of our scams lately where people's racism helps someone perpetuate a scam where like, yeah, yeah. It's, um, like you, you, can always, you, can, you can hide, you can hide the shadows and the bigger the racism, the, American racism casts a very large shadow that you can hide. Anything. Right. That you can you do shady things it. underneath. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the reason I say that is, is because obviously the Tahiti stuff. Um, and then also the, uh, he he creates a few more works, uh, one of which I will send you now. Um, this one is called uh, Aspiration. And uh, it is, again, a very crude. You can you can tell me what you see when this sends. It's taking a while. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you how this was described. So it was described as, quote, a delightful jumble of Gauguin, pop heart and Negro minstrelsy with a lot of Jordanovich individuality. So, you know. They uh, they uh, really have this guy's number. They they can pick out his individuality. So I just sent you aspiration. Okay, and, here we uh, go. It's it's like a, a <laughs> black woman um in like a looks like kind of a house dress or a muumu and like a do rag, um washing some clothes, and uh, yeah yeah yeah, with like a little. This looks like a children's book. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Had a little nice little pink shirt. Black yeah. socks. Okay, that's like, like, yeah. I, I, I get like, I, I don't know. It's like, I get kind of what he's going for, but he's also like, he's not the worst painter in the world. Like, that's see, shit. that's like, what makes this story kind of interesting. Is like, yeah, he is playing a joke, but also like, he kind of has some talent as a painter, and I don't know if he like, yeah, knows that. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> um, that's but, like, it's also kind of like one of these things where, uh, like, the artist Hobson, the rapper Hobson, mm -hmm. who I really don't fuck with he's kind of super corny mm -hmm. but he made a song like making fun of like future style rapper well future the rapper but like just like yeah. a new trap you know and he had like all these fucking face tats and like 18 styrofoam cups yeah and it was like making fun of that type of rap and like the comment section was generally like wow your best song you've ever made <laughs> right like this is kind of not bad like maybe you should have done this yeah. instead of hating it yeah everything, yeah. Else you, yeah everything else you made kind of is kind of fucking corny trash but this is actually pretty dope <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, people love this painting even more than uh, than the last one. It it ended up in a French art book about contemporary art. Um, so this guy was like, he became a celebrated painter based off of uh, these couple paintings that he did. And uh, he eventually just like, he never got caught. He just got sick of it. And so he confessed because he was like, 
Oh, I did yeah. this to like play a trick on the art world, but instead they just liked me and uh, yeah. it like, didn't work, you know, or it, like worked too well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how many hours do you spend making that where you're just like, oh, I'm going to get them so hard. I better uh, patch this part up real quick. Though. Well, this <laughs> like, is a, at some point it's like, this is like another thing though. That's like kind of crazy is uh, he said uh he spent he'd never spent more than an hour a year during the three years he was engaged with this with this hoax so oh, like he was just whipping these great. things up you know yeah <laughs> and oh, like oh man if he'd worked in it he might have been a good painter like they're not they're yeah. not the worst <laughs> i'm about to was there a reaction from the art was there a reaction from the art computer they're like hey or don't do that <laughs> what was their the response to this um, I feel like they were embarrassed, but they like didn't make a big deal about it because it would be like more embarrassing to them if they made a big deal yeah, about yeah, it. You know, yeah, and you they play it cool at that point. I think they kind of had the the same sort of thing that I'm proposing, which is just like they are paintings, and we liked them. So yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know why this reminds me of that King of the Hill line where it's like, uh, well, what if I had trusted you, Peggy? Then where would we be? Where, like, the, the, she had pulled off an entire caper that was predicated on the fact that Hank would take her at her word and right. she had the situation handled and his behavior actually made the fucking plan work. And so, well, what if I had what if I had believed in you then, Peggy? Huh? Then where would we be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so uh, he wrote... Um... He he wrote for the Los Angeles Times in 1927 when he he was sick of this. He was like, I want to write an op-ed for the LA Times about my hoax. Um, and he said, quote, I got more publicity from this little joke, which had occupied me no more than an hour a year during the three years I was engaged in it, than from all of the serious work I ever did over many decades. Which <laughs> way to self-own there, buddy. I, I see, like I it's it's so funny because I feel like ultimately like the biggest sufferer of this prank was him because he was like so he was so mad about modern art and then so like accidentally good at it versus the stuff that he toiled away on you know what i mean yeah yeah (laughs) which like i feel like as creative people we sort of know what that can feel like sometimes where it's like Man, that's the joke that you guys liked. That one. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like vanilla, like vanilla Presley, like the, the the songs we do with those. Like, I probably like I'm such like I don't want to like like I'm a snob with rap, but like I'm like constantly aware of like because of like my love for hip hop that I'm like comedy rap. Like I want it to be good. I want people to go, oh, that actually bangs, and I want every line to be like to the best of our ability to be like, like oh, that's a very sarcastic flip, and it sets this up and it takes it back. Right, and like Layla used to be the one. Sometimes would be like, "What if we were just like, bitch, you're dumb or something like that." Something, it's always <laughs> like, Layla, like he'll he'll take these like calculated gambles on just like a stupid, corny joke, and I'm like, it's gonna re- feel real corny. It's gonna disenfranchise the whole act, and it'll just fucking go crazy. People, yeah. people just love that line or whatever, and so I do know that feeling. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like it, it, yeah, it's just a. Uh, it, it can be a shitty feeling because you're like, oh yeah, that's that's the one. That's what you guys like. <laughs> yeah, it's like who am I to argue? I guess you know, it, yeah. even though I like put my heart and soul into this other one, I guess you guys weren't interested. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, he wrote this op-ed, um, and then uh, he 
he he actually then became the literary editor of the LA Times after this. So like he did maybe he flipped this into a actual literary career after writing his books about his yeah. Oxford scholar cuz like he he became the literary editor of the of the LA Times from 1933 to 1957. So um he wrote a bunch of books. He wrote uh a book about uh Ulysses by James Joyce. He wrote uh, an interpretation of the philosophy of feminism. He like did all this really heavy academic work. Um, a, a lot of it after doing this kind of bit. Um, it seems like the art world sort of embraced him a little bit uh, after this. Like they seem to have a good sense of humor about it because um, the year after he admitted to it, um, in, in 1928, the year after he admitted to it, he did one final exhibition of all of his disumbrationism uh, paintings. He displayed seven artworks in total, which he called the Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, they were, as far as I know, the only paintings he ever made. Um, I'm about to send you one more. I think this is his weakest work, I will say. I think this is the worst, the worst of his paintings. Um, but it's one of the, one of the seven. You can, you can describe what you think of this one, Pat? Yeah. Okay. So we see like a, it appears to be like almost like a, like a, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Custer, like a General George Custer to era mm -hmm, Civil mm -hmm. War soldier. Uh, he's going to be approaching a native woman. Honestly, this looks like a mural on the side of an elementary school. Exactly what I was thinking. Elementary school <laughs> yeah. <art> project. Yes. <laughs> minus, minus the fucking fat bazingas. On this broad yeah, there's some here, you know? there's some pointy titties on on her that probably wouldn't be in an elementary <laughs> school mural, but yeah, 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 minus the milkers. This is uh, <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, think this, this is his weakest one. Project. <laughs> I think this is That's his weakest one. one. Yeah, he definitely had like inspiration in the others where he was just like, oh, I'm turning the art world on its head. And this one, I feel like he just kind of leaned into the style. Yeah, yeah. This is what this is it part also, of his derivative period, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it also feels like that would like uh, the idea that he's gonna like uh, expose all these people as frauds. It feels like it just kind of it, it made them look like they're like, no, we this is the art we said that we liked, and you made it, and we liked it, you know. And it's like, ah, you guys, you guys like the art. It's, I don't really feel like he got one over on them in the, in a sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, because like I I think he was. It seems like a time at which you they like sort of were rejecting the idea that you would even need training to make art. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like it being like surprise. I've never painted before. They're just like, Oh wow. You're like pretty good then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, Oh man, all these people. Are, and I, I've seen that happen in comedy where people come in, they think, they think they're, they they're going to be like, I don't know, like shake up the scene. All these Austin kids are like, you know, weird nerds. Like, you know, like I'm not going to like, I, I was kind of like that when me and my friends first got to Austin 2011. You know, they're like, it turns out, it's like, no, these are actually just very sweet people who are supportive of what you're doing. And they're like, hey, good job, man. You're like, yeah, it kind of feels like it would take the wind out of yourselves a little bit. Yeah, I don't like, I mean, I think he was like more pissed off than they were, but it is still pretty funny that they took him at his word about his, uh, you know, yeah. like he invented this <laughs> discipline of art and he's this like tortured Russian guy. Like, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the thing is the packaging does really help sell it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then also the fact that, like, I talk about like the American ignorance uh, of being a place to get scams done. Those photos that he did, I can see somebody being like, "I don't know, that looks weird." Like, no, that's what Russians look like. 
They're right. blurry. They're bleak. They're, they're, they're bleak weak and depressed, a, and they had tuberculosis. Yeah. And... <laughs> it's a soot-covered land. They all look like that. <laughs> yeah. So in this uh, in this exhibition in in 1928, he he did these paintings, and he also wrote like joke explanations of each disembracianist painting. You know, like setting out the principles of this uh, of oh, this yeah, movement. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. So he like really went uh, all in on it. And uh, the paintings, I mean, they have value because this is like part of art history, you know? So yeah. five of the paintings are now housed in the UCLA Library of Special Collections. So like, uh, <laughs> I mean, the fact that five of his seven paintings are in a collection is like, that's better than a lot of artists, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like invited to like a ribbon cutting ceremony. He's like, <laughs> got their ass. And it's right. Like taking a free a free glass of champagne. It's like, you know, like this is your world now, man. Like this is what this is the senior part of whether you want to be there or not. <laughs> yeah, it's like I you, you know what it kind of reminds me of? You know the episode of Seinfeld where George is like, I'm just going to do the opposite of whatever I think I should do. (laughs) And then I will be successful, you know? Yeah. yeah, And it works. (laughs) I feel like that's what this guy did. Yeah. Because it just proves like, you know, the opposite of what you would do. It just proves like you, your instincts suck. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Everything you think is ugly and bad, other people think is good and cool, you know? Yeah. So like... (laughs) Um, I I I see a lot of this like um, when you get like into like like trad Twitter and shit where people mm. like talking like look at what things used to look like versus what yeah. they look like now. Hey, I'll admit, a lot of new buildings suck ass. Like I'll give I'll give you that. Yeah. But like it is I I've always got a little like uh like a little pissed when I see the thing where it's like it shows like the Venus de Milo and then it shows like the, the banana tape on the wall and it's like oh art and I'm always just like yeah it's like you're just you're just saying in one. And without even saying anything, like like without even saying anything, like you don't understand art, you know. Like I, I get a little. I'm not like a, a completely artsy guy, but like I feel like I can appreciate the fact that, like, oh, everybody's doing this, and a guy comes out and does this. That in and of itself is artistic, or it's a statement because he's going against what other people are doing. And it's like, how do you not, how do you not get that, you fucking simpleton? Like I get, I get mad at, at that genre of, of internet criticism. Yeah, it's just like these two pieces of quote unquote art obviously have like different goals and are like saying different things so it's just because they're both art doesn't mean they're like directly comparable in the same way like art is not the same thing as a demonstration of skill those are two different things like yeah 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 a demonstration of skill is a craft it's not art like art is about expression and if you have a lot of skill in it you are maybe better able to express yourself but like it's Art is not about look how good I can do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it reminds me of on a, uh, the movie Amadeus when mm-hmm. Salieri mm-hmm. has his epic, and it's just, it's just like a little less revolutionary. It's a little more of the time. It's got a huge cast, and it's like everybody's like, "Oh, look at this!" And like you see Mozart, just like this fucking sucks. Like <laughs> he's completely not sold on it. <laughs> it's just very yeah. I I I can see that. Like also like if somebody has like a like a true artistic spirit, the spirit, they're going to want to, I feel like you're going to be um, intrigued at spinning in the face of the establishment a little bit. And like, right. I can appreciate that attitude coming out in somebody's work, you know, well, like, uh, Oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was gonna say like, there's these, uh, 
just like like I love some rappers that are just complete idiots. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like just you know like like I, like I'm a huge Zach Fox fan, and all this is going to be a better example. He makes good ass hip hop, but it's just like it kind of flies in the face of things. It's all it's just all punchlines. He's always having fun. He's not making any kind of fucking statement, and it's just like hey, I'm funny and I'm charismatic, and here's my rap song, and it's good. And I just remember like a time when I was younger where I would have been like, no, I mean, anything about like. I don't know. I, I took shit too seriously, you know. So I, can, I, I don't know. I, I, I can appreciate that kind of art. I think rap is actually a really good way to understand this point because, like, uh, there's a lot of backlash against rappers who are not like super lyrical, and it's like, yeah, but that's not yeah. that's not like the music part. That's the skill. Like, not yeah. like I, uh, I like Eminem is an incredible wordsmith. I don't enjoy listening to Eminem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not like, like music I would put on. I, it's like, oh, wow, yeah. that's like really, really complex, dense, intricate wordplay. That's really cool. It's yeah. not necessarily like the best rap. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's people who that, that yeah, like there's definitely, especially in hip hop, you get people who like the the, the the more the more dense in, in the wordplay, the more crazy the references that in like the higher level of art. It's like, no, man, there's like shit. You put on Broccoli by Lil Yachty and that's just... Right. That, 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 you know, yeah, that's an insanely good song. And it's just as simple as can be. Uh, right. So like a lot of rap. Like, yeah, a lot of rap is good examples of that. I'm also thinking about um, the guy, I, I believe he, he's, he's on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame board. Is he from the Rolling Stones? The guy, he, he just wrote, uh, our, he just wrote a book called The Masters. It's about the masters of rock music. And it's all it features interviews with him and it's all white male artists. And he was pressed about it. And he was like, well, uh, black and female artists don't articulate at the level of, of white <laughs> men. Yeah. And it was like, dude, you know, do you, did you look at a fucking calendar today? <laughs> like, you can't just <laughs> can't say that, dog. But also, I, I was thinking about that today. I was at work and I was like, what he's saying is that there's this is the way that I talk about music. And the right. way that I talk about music is the only way it can be discussed. And the only people who talk about it are other white dudes who want to get into like this intricate you know rock historian discussion and it's just like can you i i get mad at people like that it's like can you come off your high horse for one second and just like maybe think that like a person who speaks about this thing differently than you or understands it differently could have something to teach you perhaps like the fact that this guy isn't talking about the dates that records came out or who produced it or who engineered it the way that you are, but they're talking about the way the music made them feel or the way it sounded or the, or the memory it had of them, or they're just discussing it differently than you. And the fact that you look at that as, as that is lesser than your own appreciation for art really, uh, really pisses me off. Like I, I remember hearing that I was like, you just can't like see anybody else's point of view. Right. It's like my criteria for deciding what is worthwhile is the criteria for deciding what is worthwhile. And uh, there's no there's no other way to determine something's worth besides how I determine its worth. Um, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's kind of interesting. So, like, again, to sort of bring this full circle, um, this guy, like, because I I talked about Dadaism a little bit at the beginning to, to bring it back at the end, because the point of Dadaism was that people were disgusted with what they saw around them as like sort of the systems of power, right? That's, they yeah. were angry and they were, they wanted to, uh, you know, like disrupt the sort of conventional sense of what was important. The thing that's ironic is that's also kind of what Paul Jordan Smith wanted to do with his art. 
You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. This yeah. this style had become the high art style that everybody was super interested in. And this guy was like, fuck that. I hate this. Yeah. I'm going to make fun of yeah. it. And it's like, that is sort of what Dada was about originally. So like, yeah. you are kind of maybe doing it a little bit, like in spite of yourself. I just thought that was a very interesting uh, twist at the it's end a, of the it's a real, Yeah, that is. That's very good. That, I, I didn't think about that. It's like a real welcome to the resistance, comrade. Kind of, right. Kind of <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Which is, I think, maybe why they sort of took him in stride a little bit and maybe felt like, yeah. uh, you know, like they'd been had, but they also were like, fair point. Like, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like if they had, if somebody on the other, uh, other foot, like if a an artist had like, infiltrated like the intellectual artistic elite and mimic their style they would be like oh this is fucking cool and it's like that guy just did that to y'all you know <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so um yeah that's that's kind of where we leave it so like after this guy had his sort of lark of an art career he never he wasn't interested in painting he didn't paint again um but he wrote a bunch of books and he was the literary editor of the la times and yeah. He had like a very good career. He had a Wikipedia page where this is only one part of it. So like that's a that's a, a good tell for someone who lived a good yeah. life. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I do wonder like how frustrating this must have been for him. Because I'm thinking about if it's worth it or not, right? And it's yeah. like he didn't really do think, what he set out to do, but also it does seem sort of fun. So yeah, we wouldn't have been talking about him a hundred years later if he didn't do this. Right, you know, and I'm sure that the yeah the latter half of his career was uh, I, 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 who knows because he was already established in academia, so maybe this did nothing for him. But you know, it feels like you know he, he was. It feels like the worth it was the friends he made along the way. You know, yeah, it's like he had an adventure. He got out of his shell. You know, he went back to his his beautiful traditional his trad wife who was. I do wonder <laughs> what this did to his relationship though because like remember the whole point was that he was trying to avenge his wife and that he got more successful than her at art oh so, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that's I gonna be tough like she's like man yeah this is a crazy adventure we want imagine if you had just I don't know stayed in your fucking lane right and I, yeah, I was able yeah because now his shadow is hanging over her painting all the time She's right. like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my husband got involved, and the most attention's ever been paid to me artistically is as a, as a, as a footnote in his story. <laughs> I'm trying to see if he ended up getting divorced, and I couldn't find it. But I, if they <laughs> stayed together, I'm I'm impressed uh, with them. So yeah, that's the story of Paul Jordan Smith, aka Pavel Jordanovich, uh, <laughs> disembracianism master. Hell yeah, absolutely. Kind of like we talked about Ross Trent the other day, where you gotta like have some sort of understanding of like reggae to make that song it feels like you know he definitely had he had to have had an artistic flair like you know he was able to make yeah. all this shit up like yeah yeah i don't know i like the guy yeah this seems like a cool character i like his ass so good uh the life of pablo who would have knew <laughs> uh <laughs> all right well shit. yeah thank you so much for telling us about that uh guys thank you very much for listening if you liked what you hear like i said we are on patreon at patreon.com slash lie cheat and steal we're on twitter at lcs podcast and we're also on TikTok at uh, Lie Cheat Steal Podcast. You can find us on YouTube simply by typing Lie Cheat Steal Podcast in YouTube. Where we have full video episodes. When, and should, all, all of these paintings will be in there as well. So you can look at what we were talking about. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We're recording these well in advance. So who knows where we'll be. But you can find out all of our dates and goings on by checking on our social media. I'm on Instagram at EZTX. And Kath, where can we find you? 
I'm at Kath Barbadoro on social media. I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive that comes out every week. And uh, yeah, come to one of my shows if you live in the New York area. All right, cool. Guys, sounds good. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Get out there and, and, and disrupt. Shake up the art world. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, Throw up on a wall, take a Polaroid, sell it to the Met. Uh, that being said, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Be safe, be smart, but above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time.